Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, June 4th, 5th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporarily moved virtually, but you can listen to us in podcast. And of course, you can always catch us on air at 3 p.m. on Saturday with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8, p- 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bring you an expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing the show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show, we're going to be having a panel conversation today with both of our guests on the show. And it'll be with Gina Medea with Windermere and also with... uh, Pia from Pia Larson from Fingerprint Marketing. And then we'll have a separate conversation talking with uh, Gina Gina from Windermere, buying and selling real estate in the time of COVID-19 and what you need to know. Then we'll have a conversation, our last segment with Pia, Pia Larson again of Fingerprint Marketing, what you your what your website needs now to attract and convert business. Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed or again to connect with our guests, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And as we start out with this week, uh, Keelan, you want to start out with a little money chat? Money chat. Love it. Money. Money. What do you got today, Keelan? Well, I thought it, I hate to harp on me buying a house, but I never get to talk about my own deals. And it, it, it got a little deeper. And I think it's a great opportunity to illustrate process because we never really get to do that you know we don't talk about specific deals for confidentiality reasons but it's my deal so i can talk about it so i i want to talk about it a little bit so recapping we offered full price managed to negotiate ten thousand seller credits that means that i'll have ten thousand more dollars in my pocket as opposed to the fifty dollars a month um and so and I did a mortgage buyout. You can have mortgage insurance on a monthly if you'd like. You can split it or you can buy it out. You can also do lender paid, but lender paid usually dings you in pricing. So I chose to do a buyout for myself and bring cash forward, especially considering that I'm getting a seller credit that's going to cover basically the majority of that. And then the update um, is I got an inspection done and the house is in beautiful shape. It's a beautiful home, but house is settled. So the house settled a little bit, and in the inspection, the concrete cracked, and uh, the, the patio's leaning towards the house a little bit. So they've done a great job of caulking and making sure there's no damage with the inspector, but eventually it's going to be an issue. So what did we do? Uh, we actually were nice about it and said, hey, can you fix it? She went and got some bids, and then she came back 
with 3,000 more in seller credits. So now I have 13,000 in seller credits, which I'm really excited about, which is more money in my family's pocket. And um, Angela is already busy buying every piece of furniture under the sun right now, my other half. So um, I can use every dollar I can get. So very exciting. We closed on the 18th. We have more seller credits to use. That's more money in my pocket. I'm never going to have mortgage insurance again. I have a ridiculously low rate. Thank you. The one bright side of COVID rates are extremely low. I could purchase more house. My payments are low. And I am a pretty happy dude at this point. We're about to be out of underwriting shortly. And um, everything is working uh, amazingly. So um just an update on kind of where I am and how people could use that for their own deals. I love that, Keelan. And yeah, congratulations again. And yeah, the seller credits are awesome. That you're going with your traditional conventional loan, Keelan is maximum 3% of the purchase price is what you can get in credit. So fortunately, Keelan at 3% uh, didn't, it didn't go over that with the amount of work that needed to be done on the property. And I'm so happy for the two of you. I always tell people, if you're doing a home inspection, not a pre, everybody should do one. But if it's not a pre-inspection and you're waiting, that's something you've got to try not to get too emotionally connected because you never know what's going to come up on there. So, so happy for you. And you know that the team, we're all going to wait for our uh, private invite over to the house. So great news. Oh, it's, par it's party time, Tina, for sure. <laughs> I, I have no, I have no doubt. All right. So I thought I'd talk a little bit on the uh, mortgage side, the Mortgage Maker Association, MBA released their mortgage application data for last week, showing that overall application volume was down 4% from the previous week. Purchases were up for the seventh straight week, growing by a solid 5%. On a year-over-year -year basis, purchase applications are up 18% higher, which is quite a comeback from the beginning, down 35% year over year in April. Now, refinances were down 9%, but are still 137% year over year. My golly. Now, refinances still make up the majority of applications totaling less than 60%. This is incredible that purchases represent 40% of all mortgage applications in the middle of a pandemic. We have to add that in there. Mortgage interest rates are 7-8% lower from a year ago on a $500,000 loan with a 5% down payment. You can increase your buying power by $40,000 from a year ago. On a $500,000 loan with a 20% down payment, you have increased your buying power by about $60,000. So here's a call to action. If you're listening to our show on podcast, listening to us on air, or you're watching our now Facebook live show, uh, now is the time to get out there into the market and find your first time home, your vacation property, your investment property, or take out some cash with the low interest rates by doing a refinance to pull cash out home improvements, uh, pay off higher debt that are costing you more than the cost of the low interest rate, or to invest in other assets that are going to have a higher return than the cost of mortgage interest rates. Here's a call to action uh, for uh, Keel and I in the arena that we're in, which is the mortgage business. The Fed has bought around $700 billion in mortgage-backed securities since mid-March, which is a huge number. They bought another $4.5 billion just yesterday. The Fed buying has kept the interest rates low during this volatile time. So if it weren't for the Fed's purchasing back mortgage-backed securities, we would not be seeing interest rates under 3%. And I'm not quoting interest rates. It's based on a lot of qualifying factors. But yes, you can get under 3% in certain situations on a 30-year fixed conventional loan. On the housing front, CoreLogic released their home price index appreciation report for April. 
showing that home prices rose 1.4% from March to April. On a year-over-year basis, home prices were at 5.4%, up from 4.5% in the previous report. Washington is up 5.7%. According to the National Association of Realtors, 65% of people who attended an open house within the last year would do so now with out hesitation. This speaks to buyers getting a bit bolder and may support demand. The Mortgage uh, Bankers Association reported that the total number of loans now in forbearance is 8.46% as May 24th. Uh, those of our regular listeners know I've talked a lot about forbearance and what's kind of going on with there, but that's the only thing I wanted to throw in uh, today. There were 1.877 million individuals who filed for unemployment benefits for the first time last week, which was in line with estimates. Interesting continuing claims, which measures people continuing to receive benefits, increased by 650K to 21.5 million. This means more individuals continue to receive benefits. Uh, quite a change from the 4 million left in the previous report because people came back to work. Now, a reason for this is likely that many are making more than unemployment uh, than they were when they were working. We have actually seen estimates that show 40% of workers are making more, some almost double on their unemployment benefits. So there's no incentive to uh, return back to work. Now, factoring in the amount of new claims, continuing claims in labor force, we estimate that there will be a 17.7% unemployment rate currently. Now, when you're trying to estimate how many new jobs that the PPP has temporarily created, we think that the unemployment rate could be closer to about 20% uh, without it. Uh, and what's happening. Love hearing everything that's going on uh, with you, Keelan and Angela and your sweet little girl, uh, London. There's some great stuff happening in the, the market. And if we're wrapping up the money chat here, I just want to, uh, again, just give a call to action. If it makes sense for you to get into the market, it's a great time to do so. Um, I hope that each of you are uh, being safe and uh, taking some time to reflect with everything that's happening right now, because it is definitely uh, sometimes that I don't know about you, but I would imagine that none of us could have ever in a billion years predicted that we're going to be living through not just a pandemic, but that everything that's going on uh, with the rioting uh, as well. It's just a little bit crazy. So that's your money chat. Coming up next on the money hour, panel conversation with our guests, Gina Medea with Windermere and Kate Larson of Fingerprint Marketing, right here at 1150 AMKK on W. Are you a small business owner or CMO that's overwhelmed with all the ways to market your business that actually result in qualified leads? Do you struggle to come up with a strong brand message, positioning statement, or content that speaks directly to your perfect prospect? When someone Googles your business, are you found on page two or three, which means no one is calling or coming to your website? Pia Larson with Fingerprint Marketing is your chief imagination officer to help you combine business strategy, brand messaging, SEO best practices, and beautiful web design that result in a strong online presence that will make all prospects stop their scroll and ask to do business with you. We have a highly vetted team of experts who will take you from beautiful brand to steady stream of leads and a full pipeline of business. You'll only have seven seconds to capture your prospect's attention online in a world of noise. Do you know what to do to stand out and compete for attention and market share? Let us help you create a unique fingerprint online while walking you through a proven step-by-step -step process of what's working online in digital marketing. 
To maximize your online presence, reach out to Pia Larson at fingerprintmarketing.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, June 5th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporarily moved virtually. You can listen to us on podcast. You can also catch us on air at Saturday, 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m., I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about. How to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions. Also, to connect you with the guests that we have on the show, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, we have a panel conversation with our guests that have patiently been waiting right here on our Facebook live show. Uh, Nina Medea, who's been in uh, studio a few times with us, she's with Windermere Real Estate, and Kia Larson, first time uh, guest on our show of Fingerprint Marketing, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. So, Gina, and welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was going to say welcome to uh, both of our uh, lady guests today. Go ahead, uh, Keelan. I'll just jump right in there, Tina. Just step over your toes. Uh, <laughs> my fault. Um, so let's start with you, Gina. How is this current environment affecting you with and your business? With I know it started with COVID, which a lot of changes in rules. That was really interesting. And who would have thought, you know, rioting i mean it's a tragedy what happened and um and the the mayhem to follow has been insane as well so uh, how has this affected your business um so a great question and i think you're right i don't think anybody um could have anticipated um the scope and impact that this pandemic would have on our personal lives much less our businesses um and i think at the beginning it was certainly very scary because we were initially deemed as non-essential which brought my business and I'm sure my colleagues in the industry's businesses to a screeching halt. Um, but fortunately, we were um, shortly thereafter reclassified as essential and were able to engage in real estate activities, but with some pretty strict parameters. Um, so we found our way through. And now, um, as Tina sort of mentioned in her Money Minute recap, um, the market is, is quite active and I'm happy to be able to be a part of it and assist clients with their needs. Uh, Keely, we're going to Pia. So Pia, how about how about you? How is um, how are things are you dealing with the uh, current environment in your line of work? Um, well, I haven't come up for <laughs> for air since March 23rd because we are a virtual team, so we weren't really affected. Um, we didn't have a a storefront or anything, but we do have. Um, a large amount of clients who needed to pivot immediately. So uh, getting messages about how they're handling COVID with their business online. Um, and then also just brainstorming, you know, how can they change their business to continue to pay their employees, their team? Um, how can they market in a different direction? So I've been working seven days a week since then. So I'm blessed and I'm grateful. Um, first of all, for my family's health, but also that I can kind of just jump in and help other businesses where they need me most. 
Wonderful, Pia. Thank you um, uh, so much. So yeah, sometimes on the Facebook Live, I know if you're you're watching this, there was a little bit of an audio thing there. It's a fun dynamic to just roll with the punches, whatever those punches happen to be. So, uh, Gina, let's let's go and talk about you know how you see yourself in the environment and real estate moving forward when we get back to normal might be. Well, you know, I think what that new normal looks like will kind of define how I operate um, in that environment. And certainly, you know, if if this pandemic has taught me anything and probably any of us anything, it's um, the importance of the need to adapt, right, and, and thrive despite um, the circumstances that might otherwise throw a challenge in your face. Um, so, you know, I would say that some of the... <laughs> I'll tell you this, in the new normal, I will be very grateful when um, our opportunity to host personal open houses come back because this whole virtual open house thing is a bit of a challenge and not really ideal. So I hope that the new normal doesn't include um, that. And if so, I better up my um, virtual open house um, game. Um, but you know, I, I expect that we'll continue um, to adapt. I mean, those of us that, that want to maintain a path of, of success and being able able to help clients are going to need to, to find a way to adjust um, even as we enter new phases. Absolutely. I think that's one of the huge benefits in this is there's just all these new phases and these new technologies and these new things that um, uh, you're getting adjusted and embraced to, which is going to help us to be better business owners all around. So I, I love that, Gina. Pia, what about for you? What do you see when things are getting back to a new norm in your, uh, in your line of work? Um, so we have several different industries that we support. One of them is the restaurant industry. And, uh, the, you know, one of our biggest clients has 10 locations and they've had to close and now they're rolling into phase two. So, um, it's been really hard to see them struggle and pay their staff. And, and so like, for instance, I just, uh, comped them a free photo shoot just to go out and like take pictures of the food and their dining experience, like to go food. Um, but other than that, all of our businesses are, um, they're, they're getting up to speed really fast because they're seeing the value of digital marketing, of really, um, you know, getting a great email campaign going, uh, building their list, you know, going back to things that we thought were no longer uh, viable forms of marketing. And now they are. So webinars, what we're doing here today, podcasting, which I know you're super um, uh, supportive of. So those things aren't new. They're just more urgent now. So, you know, just trying to keep my clients from feeling overwhelmed because with those opportunities come a lot of feeling of overwhelm because there's an urgency. So, yeah. So this is the new norm. I think it's not going to slow down for a while. Yeah, good for you for giving back to especially restaurants. I mean, those are some of the worst stories that I've heard. Somebody said a stat the other day, like a restaurant can make like 1.25 million in net, like 150 grand. So, I mean, it's a struggle. They're always in the black until the end of the month when they're finally making a profit and a lot of restaurants have shut down. So that's really great of you to give back uh, to them and to help out in that capacity. I know a lot of families are affected. Um, Gina, we're going to come back to you in the panel conversation. I know we've all had to adapt and, and learn new skills. I was curious to know kind of what new skills have you uh, taken on since this whole COVID 
uh, action here. <laughs> well, I don't know if I've mastered any of them per se. I mean, I think I've definitely gotten better at guiding people through FaceTime tours, right? Because some buyers, at least initially, were very reluctant to enter someone else's home. So that I feel like I've um, been able to, to bone up on. I'm still struggling with Zoom. I'm getting a little bit better. Um, but, you know, that's become sort of a, a standard um part of our playbook as we now engage with, with new clients because we're sort of prohibited from, at least initially, from having any in-person meetings. So um, getting more comfortable in that space of, of, of um, initiating and maintaining a human connection through technology um, has been sort of a new skill. But, you know, the other thing really that, that this pandemic um, has, not that it's taught me, but it's helped me develop a deeper appreciation for, and it's not necessarily a skill as it is kind of a, a mindset or an emotion, but it's, it's, it's empathy, right? I mean, P and I both um, spoke briefly in the intro about how blessed and grateful we are to continue um, to be successful in our business, despite what's happening now. And there are other people for whom this is really, really tough. Um, and just, you know, taking a moment and holding that space for them, I think is important and, and you know, nothing like a pandemic to, to remind you of, of those more important things in life, frankly. Yes, true. And um, I wanted to go back to what Pia said in regards with the restaurants, because I think something else to consider when people are transitioning back to a new norm, that if you're in that type of industry, you're a new norm, you don't even know what it's going to be and what you're going to have to spend to get back in that New York norm. You're listening to the contractors and the conversations that they're having and how are they going to redesign restaurants for social distancing uh, requirements and things that are going to be coming up. So, yeah, it's just such an, uh, an interesting dynamic. So, uh, Pia, what are you uh, what are you feeling as as far as a challenge that you've had uh, during COVID nineteen, uh, COVID nineteen, and something that you've overcome because of it? So, a challenge that you that you faced, and how did you overcome it? Uh, so, uh, can I talk about two? Yes, go right okay. ahead. Well, one, one, of them, one of them is directly thanks to you because I joined your one time your business. Um, eight-week program, and it's, it's inspired me out of necessity, right? Because like I said, I haven't come up for breath since March 23rd when everything closed down because my clients haven't come up for, for breath. So they're relying on me to be highly organized, um, be there for them, you know, whether it's text messages or phone calls, and it's overwhelming. So I've been trying to learn more about automation. I mean, I've done automation, but like really master it. And hopefully with your help, you can, um, we can overcome it together. Um, personally, I have, um, it's been challenging because I'm a hugger. I'm very, I'm extroverted. Um, I'm kind of that person that's like, hey, it's Tuesday, let's go for happy hour, or let's go take a cooking class, or let's, I'm constantly looking to interact with people. So I actually, what I did was I joined a networking group that is part of GBSA. So um, for LGBTQ um, businesses, they were looking for more LGBTQ friendly vendors. And I'm like, hello, my son is transgender and I'm supporting this community in Seattle. I had so much fun. I didn't know anyone on the Zoom call and there were 25 of us and I was one of the guests and just reaching out to a whole new group of type of people and, and like, uh, you know, it wasn't BNI, it wasn't the chamber, it was just a whole new audience and just really made some great connections. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah, wonderful. And, and this was such a great thing with these, uh, with uh, 
forced environment where challenges are guaranteed to come up is, you know, I believe since you're in the middle of my coaching class, you know this, that with every challenge is an opportunity. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the opportunity. And unless you create that mindset for yourself, people look at challenges as a bad thing. And it really isn't. And so it's really fun to see all of the challenges that are coming out of this forced or not, that people are making changes and it's going to serve them at a high level. It's going to serve their clients at a high level, and it's going to be able to serve their family and contributing to their community as well. So I love it. All right. Well, as we're uh, wrapping up here with our uh, first segment uh, coming up next in the money, our buying and selling real estate in the time of COVID-19. What you need to know, Gina Medea with Windermere right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. Is one of your personal goals to achieve the dream of home ownership, but not sure how to navigate our dynamic real estate market? Let Gina Medea with Windermere help you make those dreams come true. As a top producing real estate agent, she has the experience and know-how to help you navigate the complex Seattle and Eastside real estate market with clarity and confidence. As a former athlete, Gina puts her competitive nature to work for you to help craft a winning offer strategy to land the home of your dreams or achieve maximum exposure and top dollar for your listing. With homeownership being the most powerful driver of wealth accumulation at both the personal and community level, you owe it to yourself to work with a trusted advisor with proven skills. So let Gina Medea and Windermere, the top brokerage in the Pacific Northwest, help make your real estate dreams come true. For proven results with a trusted advisor, give Gina Medea a call at 425-495-0926 or go online to ginamadea.com. G-I-N-A-M-A-D-E-Y-A, ginamadea.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, Friday, June 5th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show has temporarily moved virtual. You can also listen to our show on podcast or catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing a show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that, they, that we have on the show. You can call the show at one 1150 Again, that's one 1150 or online at com. And in studio, we have Gina Medea with Windermere, buying and selling real estate in the time of COVID-19, what you need to know. Again, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Gina, welcome back to the show, and uh, thanks for being here. And also I'm doing, uh, in the spirit of one time, I think this is our fourth or fifth uh, virtual Facebook show. So it's a new platform. But I just realized today as we're going through our panel conversation, because we had a last minute cancellation, which normally we don't, but we've had a couple of those on our virtual shows. I think it's just a different <laughs> dynamic. Uh, I should have I should have actually done your bio at that time so people would know who you are and what you do as we had that great conversation with you. But we'll get to your bio in a second. So Gina, thank you so much for uh, for coming back. Yeah, great to be here. And a little bit about Gina. 
Uh, real estate transactions can be challenging and stressful, but Gina's approach is simple. She helps you make informed decisions with clarity and confidence. She'll orient you to the market, educate you on the process, help you find the right home, and craft an offer that honors both your financial capability and risk tolerance. Gina's experience, work ethic, and business acumen professionalism set her apart. At Chase and Microsoft, she was consistently a top performer and participated in Microsoft's exclusive high potential program. Her people and program management skills enable her to balance the human and the process side of real estate to ensure your success. In her second year selling real estate, she achieved nearly $50 million in sales, making her the top producer at her firm locally and number four in the nation. Thanks again, Gina, for being here. My pleasure. Gina, what a rock star. Listen to that. That's crazy. Year two, that is not normal at all. So that just goes with the caliber of a human being you are in general. That stuff translates for sure and a lot of scar tissue behind that. So I give you much respect for your accomplishments there. Um, and I like that scar tissue. I like that scar <laughs> tissue. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's scar tissue. It builds up and you get stronger, right? For sure. So, um, <laughs> you were on the show, I believe, in early 2020, and I know before COVID, it was the strongest market in something like 13 years. And so how is this, uh, what's changed and how has this been affected since we've had this COVID stay-at-home order for you? Yeah, you're right. I remember when we spoke in January, like after what had been a lackluster 2019, 2020 like started off with a bang and it was like poised to, to just blow the socks off any prior years, you know, but then of course came COVID and we came literally to a screeching halt. Um, and as I mentioned in our panel, initially it was super scary um, because we were deemed non-essential. We couldn't engage at all in real estate activities, but here's, um, here's the reality, right? Life drives real estate and things like, babies being born or people getting married or people needing to upsize or relocate, you know, don't take a back seat just because a pandemic is going on. So those real um, needs were still out there. And I'm grateful to um, the National Association of Realtors um, nationally and locally, we were able to help um, Governor Inslee understand that. And, and within a week or less, we were um, reclassified as essential. Um, and that really opened the floodgates. And so, um, you know, we're sort of still finding a way in terms of how we um, conduct our business, but, but we're back in business. You know, and actually I'm, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because it, it was, it seemed like overnight when National Association Walter stepped in from one day and then it seemed like the next night or the next day, very, very maximum, it was a week, all of a sudden essential. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's really great for all of our realtors that are listening to the show. This is the importance of being a realtor and supporting because what National Association of Realtors does, not only for the real estate professionals, but for the consumers as well, the being protected, because look at all these people that are buying and taking advantage of this market now where they would not have been if you were not considered essential. So yeah, that was a, that was a real key um, and magical to be able to see that being in the industry. So Gina, what types of provisions and protocols were imposed in order to be an essential service? Yeah, so we had to follow um, strict guidelines, you know, one of which included that only two people at a time could be in the home and one of those people had to be me, 
right? So imagine, you know, a young couple, just for example, um, wanting to tour a home that they were looking to buy together. And there's a certain experience that goes along with that, right? Where together you sort of, you're in the space and you feel it and you let it speak to you. And we couldn't do that. It was like, well, I'll take John in first and then I'll take Mary in and then we can talk about it outside. So it really changed the, the dynamic a bit. We also had to be mindful of um, the six feet social distancing, wear face masks, gloves, wipe surfaces down afterwards. So it became very clinical versus emotional experience. Um, at the beginning, too, um, photographers weren't allowed to photograph and stagers weren't allowed to stage. Um, so it was sort of a mixed message in terms of, you know, the, the whole of preparing listing, for example. Um, even the sign companies couldn't install signs because they couldn't send out the utility stakers to make sure we weren't going to put a sign, you know, and blow up the block. So, we, you know, initially it was a little bit haphazard found our way through. And um, as we continue to kind of progress through the phases, um, things are loosening up a bit and it's becoming um, a little more easy to navigate. Good for you, Gina, on the overcome. I mean, people, we have senses, we have smells, we have, you know, sight. It's really hard to translate a message of a property through a video, no matter how great the video is. It's just not the same where you can really get that feeling. And you talk, you hit the, the nail on the head as far as being emotional about it, getting in. I know when we put an offer, when I walked into my house, I was like, is it supposed to be like a wedding dress moment where it's like, this is the one? Not that I know what that would be like, but, you know. My, <laughs> you would look my great in a wedding dress. Probably. I don't know. We'll, yeah, no, not happening. Um, but anyway. Let's, let's, they, hope uh, we, let's hope you don't get experience that, Keelan. <laughs> no, no. But my point is it's, it's, it's hard to translate and it had to been tough. And this is gr brand new ground that nobody's forged. When have we been a pandemic before? Like, no, you know, we're forging a whole new uh, ground and a whole new trail. And so um, it's going to take a little grace and learning there for that. So good for you for staying the course. How did you feel like when that was all taking place? How did it affect your buyers and your sellers' behavior specifically? Oh, good question. And definitely it impacted them for sure. So like one example was right before the stay-at-home order, I was working with a seller and we had literally just listed their home. And at the time, we were still able to do in-person open houses. But I still remember having literally like a Costco-sized bottle of um, hand sanitizer um, for guests to wipe you know, to use when they came in, I was wiping down all the surfaces after it was over. And just fortunately, we got under contract rather quickly because right after that, you know, the stay-at-home order was in place and people weren't allowed to, to do open houses, right? Um, but more broadly, in the wake of the stay-at-home order, I saw a lot of other potential sellers completely hit the pause button. Um, I think for them, um, it just didn't make sense to allow people into their home, especially early on when we, you know, we still understand that it's a, it's a pretty serious um, disease, but I think especially early on, people were super paranoid and that makes a lot of sense. Right. So it just didn't make sense for them to list, even though we're entering the time in the market where it's, it's peak season, right? The fires are out. The, the weather's nice. The blooms are blooming and it's just sort of perfect. But a lot of sellers hit, um, uh, did hit the pause button and are still kind of waiting to see how we um, continue to progress before deciding um, to list or not. I said earlier that life drives um, real estate. And so even on the heels of, of a lot of that seller behavior, I did have another seller contact me who, for their own reasons, did need to sell. And so that was interesting, trying to do all of the stuff I do to prepare a listing. We have landscapers and, and handymen and power washers and stagers and photographers. And within like eight days, um, we got that home listed. Um, 
theirs was owner occupied. So they made the decision to rent a place for their first week on market, which was wise because we ended up having 20 showings in the first weekend and then, you know, an offer um, within five days. But I think for owner occupied homes, it's particularly challenging. Vacant homes, I think, have a little bit easier of a time. Um, but life drives real estate. And if sellers need to sell, it, the market's yeah. And it was just so surprising because I thought it would completely be shut down, even though it was considered essential because it's like, who's going to be selling their home in this market and who's going to be buying their home in the market? And boy, was I wrong. Every single contract that has came over to our desk has multiple offers, higher over asking price. We have, you know, I have uh, 16 purchases uh, right now that are still in process to close. It is like, it's crazy. So Gina, let's, uh, that's uh, some great, um, a great conversation around what's happening with your sellers. What is happening with your buyers during uh, COVID? Well, again, initially, um, it was a somewhat similar story with my buyers. They hit the pause button. I think many of them were just sort of wanting to see if the economic challenges would impact them personally. Um, I think they also were worried about potential exposure during the um, touring process. And then, you know, many of them, highly analytical audience that, that I tend to deal with, were, were um, concerned about um, how this would play out long term as far as impact on, on housing values, right? And whether it was going to push us towards another um, housing crash. But as, as you know, right, this was a health crisis, not a housing crisis. And, I, you know, I don't see that happening. And I think people are starting to come around. Um, you know, there are still buyers who very much need the stability of home ownership. They have good paying jobs. They plan on growing roots here. And with the interest rates being as low as they are, it's a really compelling time um, to, to pursue that. So buyers are coming back. And as you mentioned, we're seeing multiple offers in many cases. Yeah, I think Gina, as a human being, naturally, it's a fight or flight response, right? And everybody's going to kind of react differently. And it's very specific to that individual, and especially the the uh, the employment and the issues with that. And nobody knows what that would be around. But we have a lot of tech in Seattle. I mean, geography, it comes at a premium based on surrounded by water. So, you know, for me, I wouldn't say this directly pushed me um, to move to Monroe, but I'm not going to lie. There was a moment there where it's like, I kind of want to get out of the city. And I was kind of sold on having that kind of uh, not suburban lifestyle out there for my daughter, especially. So uh, we only have a minute left, but my last question is, are people similar to me? Have you seen that buyers right now have decided to make choices, different choices on where they want to purchase a home? Absolutely. Um, part of it is because they want more room to spread out. I've seen buyers completely change um, their search criteria. And because COVID has now proven the case that people can be equally, if not more productive by working at home, Folks who were challenged by affordability close into the environs of their workspace are now actually seeking to go out to Monroe, up to Lake Stevens, down to Maple Valley to get that space, but also the ability to afford a home, but not have to worry about a horrible commute because they can negotiate to work from home several, if not, you know, every day of the week. And I'm definitely seeing that. And that's good news. Yeah, that is definitely good news. And that's going to be part of the new norm is a lot of people uh, doing that working from home. And it's going to open up just like you said in the space of real estate for them to be able to get in uh, and not have that affordability challenge. Uh, Gina, thank you so much uh, again for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you uh, in studio or in this case uh, here virtually on our virtual show. Really appreciate it.
All right, coming up next on the Money Hour, what your website needs now to attract and convert business. Tia Larson of Fingerprint Marketing, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. Are you a small business owner or CMO that's overwhelmed with all the ways to market your business that actually result in qualified leads? Do you struggle to come up with a strong brand message, positioning statement, or content that speaks directly to your perfect prospect? When someone Googles your business, are you found on page two or three, which means no one is calling or coming to your website? Pia Larson with Fingerprint Marketing is your chief imagination officer to help you combine business strategy, brand messaging, SEO best practices, and beautiful web design that result in a strong online presence that will make all prospects stop their scroll and ask to do business with you. We have a highly vetted team of experts who will take you from beautiful brand to steady stream of leads and a full pipeline of business. You'll only have seven seconds to capture your prospect's attention online in a world of noise. Do you know what to do to stand out and compete for attention and market share? Let us help you create a unique fingerprint online while walking you through a proven step-by-step process of what's working online in digital marketing. To maximize your online presence, reach out to Pia Larson at fingerprintmarketing.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, our Friday, June 5th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show has temporarily moved virtually, but you can still catch us on air Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. And you can get, also catch us on podcast. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring in studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. We're here to help you support, to support you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have Kia Larson of Fingerprint Marketing what your website needs now to attract and convert business right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Pia, welcome. First time on our virtual show and first time on the money hour at all. (laughs) Wonderful. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yay. All right. A little bit before about Pia. So, you know, a little bit about her. Pia brings over 25 years of marketing expertise to fingerprint marketing, her third successful small business. She designed this full service marketing agency to help small business owners crush their competition through beautiful design, smart branding, and strategic digital marketing. As a self-proclaimed marketing crash test dummy, Pia knows both the pain and the triumph that entrepreneurs experience and how marketing can be the missing element between a full-on failure or a fantastic fortune. Collectively, Pia's team offers over 150 years of experience to their clients, most of whom have doubled their business by partnering with fingerprint marketing. That's why you want to listen to Pia. Yeah, so uh, I could imagine right now marketing is more important than ever to really bring those numbers through and customers uh, to your business. So I'd love to start out with just Google itself. Um, everybody's curious on how do we get higher in our Google search, preferably right at the top, boom, center right there. <laughs> how do we do that? 
Wow. <laughs> if I had a crystal ball, <laughs> there's so much, <laughs> there's so much involved. So there's really two types. There's uh, local search and then there's um, more expanded, like if you're in the United States or global. So we focus on local because it's the lowest hanging fruit, right? When you think about yourself as a consumer, which is what I uh, encourage all my small business owners to do, put yourself in your consumer shoes and say, what are you searching for? What is your problem? Um, how do you think you can find the solution? So really quick, just make sure that all your directory listings are up to date. Um, claimyourbusiness.google.com directory listing. I can't tell you how many people haven't, and it is a gold mine. Um, one of our clients just uh, put one up and optimized it, and literally the phone is ringing off the hook. Uh, it was such an easy task to do. Um, the other thing is content. So uh, I know that everyone's like, oh, I got a blog or I got to write, and it's really not just something else you have to do but it's a mindset. I follow the they ask you answer formula, which is by Marcus Sheridan. And it's brilliant. Basically, people are searching for answers. That's why they're on YouTube. That's why they're, uh, you know, doing their own due diligence. And we're smarter consumers more than any other time at all. So if you are the first one there as a leader and authority answering the questions before they even ask them, you are going to do much better than your competitors. So, and again, mobile ready website, making sure that you have a secure uh, HTTPS on your website. So all of these little things that really don't take a lot of time, but uh, can make a huge difference. Yeah, such uh, such great advice, uh, Pia. And, you know, you can, I always look at everything that I do, whether it's for the radio show, if it's for my mortgage minutes that I do with uh, real estate companies that I work with, if I'm communicating in one of my uh, presentations or a coaching platform, it's the same information that you can use for multiple platforms. So you're already talking about your business or you should be at a very high level. And so you just repurpose the things that you're already using. And I like to follow a formula when putting things out there is, uh, you know, what's the problem your audience has? And what is the, the, you know, what is your solution for that problem and giving them a call to action. And, you know, so I think it's a really great, uh, great formula and platform to use. So let's talk about Pia, uh, why people, we've talked about, you know, the, the Google business directory listing and how important, and let's talk about, you know, why is it so important and how is it actually helping them generate more leads? Specifically for Google, my business. Um, because mm -hmm. people are using it as a social media platform, not in the sense that you're used to, but if you start thinking about it as a social media platform, because when people do search, those are actually the listings and search results that come up first. So um, adding photos, adding video, um, you can actually post daily on it. So a short, you can repurpose blog posts, you can put up specials, you can sell gift cards. There's numerous things that you can do on the platform. Um, and when you think about how do I search? Well, the search results that come up for me are going to be the highest in where I'm searching from. So whether that's at work or at home or so, if I'm searching for a restaurant near me, 
uh, if, if, you know, say Wildfin or, or Flatiron or wherever, um, they have a really strong Google My Business presence, they're going to be at the top. Even though there's 20, 250 restaurants that could possibly come up on my search just in this area, if they are optimizing their directory listing, they get preference. That's interesting, Pia. So let's let's change gears here. So we got um, our Google optimized and we're getting traffic to our site, um, but we're just not seeing that turnaround. Our phone's not ringing and nobody's setting appointments. What's our next step? What would you suggest for, for people? So if you think of it in phases, right, it's awareness. So how do you get people to be aware of your business or brand and then it's driving them with calls to action and to your website and then it's converting them so when i talk to my clients i try to explain to them that here's here just imagine it's midnight and you are on google and you've got let's say 50 tabs open and i know you all have those um and you just need your answer now right and you get to this website that you've, you've come across, you're researching anything, and you go, holy smokes, that's, that's the business I want to do business with. So that visceral feeling and emotion that you get when you're doing your research, and it just makes you stop, whether it's the copy, whether it's a pretty picture, whether it's their call to action, whether it's their voice, whatever it is, you are stopping them in their tracks, and you are gaining attention, which is gold right now attention because we especially during covid we i don't know about you guys but my inbox is flooded and there are more choices now than ever and more people are, are online more than ever so it's really important so you were asking about you know you get the traffic but what's why are they not converting um, a couple things, maybe they can't find or see your call to action, which I call your money maker. So that is schedule an appointment, um, call now. It's the one thing that you want on every single page on your website. You want it to be in a different color than your brand colors to stand out. And you want it to be consistent, header, footer, and then throughout the pages. Um, the other thing is to make it easy. Do you have a phone number? Do you have live chat? Do you have a way... Because no one wants to fill out a form anymore and wait for you to email them. No one, they're, they're not waiting for that anymore. So are there other options? Can they reach out to you in Messenger? Can they, you know, just being creative? Because we're impatient. We want answers now. And I don't care if your business hours are after hours, right? Yeah, and that's, and that's really key. And so I, I think you have to make a decision for your business and what type of business you want, whether it's a business strictly on building relationships where you don't have that high demand, or you're building your business through colder business that's coming in through different platforms. And it's great business, but you have to know what the expectation of that business is going to be in order to be able to convert that business and not to miss the opportunity because they don't know who you are. They're just seeing you. And if you're not able to be um, available to them quickly, they're going to forget about you when you call them back. Another thing that I think you can do in that, if you're if you're targeting that type of business and really taking advantage of bringing stuff on online where there's such huge opportunity, and I think a lot of missed opportunity just for some of the things that you just talked about, Pia, is hire you know hire a dialer, hire somebody on your team. It's a low income producing. You can pay them well on comp, you know, so that anything that comes in, they're making money. Because as a business owner, you're not going to sit there and be at the beck and call um, of these 
hold or leave, but bring somebody on your team and maximize that business because it's a huge missed opportunity and majority of people are not going to convert and do what they need to do, which makes it more opportunity for those that strategically set their team accordingly. So um, love that, Pia. So let's talk about what are some simple ways to stand out amongst the sea of seamlessness on the website. I love how your your words, just reading your bio, you are very dynamic in how you use your words. Obviously, you help people attract business online. Okay. I love the money maker uh, as the call to action. So how else uh, can you help around, you know, some simple ways there? Gosh, do we have a couple hours? I have so many ideas, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to spitball here. Uh, video. I would put video at the top. So whether that's live video, um, whether that's pre-recorded, uh, whether, and, and it doesn't have to be a big production. It can just, you know, we have brilliant video cameras in our hands every day and it doesn't, it depends on you. If you're going to do something that is consistent, you do it exactly how you want to do it. And you can even have a team do it. You can do um, screencasts where you're not even on there. Um, you're just showing someone how to do something. So definitely video. And what I love about video too is what you're doing. You turn video into other micro content. So podcast content, um, you could create like graphics and quotes and, you know, there's just no limit to it. Um, you could have it translated. It's, it's, it's brilliant. What else? Um, just finding your voice. So, so this is not just for solopreneurs. This is for small, medium businesses. So not just one voice, but what's the general feel? It's kind of like Simon Sinek, your why, why are we doing this? Like, why are you all that in a bag of chips, right? Why, why should I give you my attention? Um, so really having a strong um, positioning statement, you know, and, and in order to do that, you have to really keep on top of your competitors. I don't know how many small businesses, they just kind of, they're so in their business and they don't look up, but Google, Google yourself, Google your competitors. Um, they're not staying the same. In fact, I do it every week because I know that especially during COVID, all of the other agencies are upping their game and I'm not doing this so I can copy them. I'm doing it because I want to stay ahead of the game and cutting edge. And it actually excites me. It keeps me fresh, right? So I'm not sitting back going, oh, I got it, right? Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, just making sure that you have someone uh, maybe outside of your business who is giving you some honest feedback, whether that's a family member, yeah. colleague, you know, you do that in your program, Tina, you say, Hey, if you see something that could be done better, please let me know. That's powerful because yeah. we all want to be helpful. We all want to be helpful. And we hope that as small business owners that we help each other. I'm in a huge international agency uh, mastermind um, and we don't see competition. There's enough business for everyone. So that again, it's all mindset. Yeah, so, so true, Pia. Well, it's uh, time to wrap up our show. Uh, I want to thank both of you for uh, for being here and uh, joining Keelan and I and look forward to having you back uh, soon. Thank you. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, local mortgage expert, signing off for the day. And I 
forgot I left you out, Keelan. I I had my uh, <laughs> my dialogue already because you you left me last week all by myself. So I was doing my I, closing as if my my co-host was gone. <laughs> I threw you off your groove. It's my fault. But I'm your co-host, Keelan mm-hmm. Harvey. There we go. Out of the way. <laughs> so awesome. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We look forward to talking more money next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.